Throughout God's word, we see that God has, has uh, always blessed his people, that God has led his people, and he's given them new territories to conquer and to receive. We think about the children of Israel who the uh, Lord led out of Egypt and out of captivity, captivity and led them into the promised land. Amen. Their inheritance. Uh, we think of the, the church in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, who, who were, were doing what God called them to do, but through persecution, they were scattered abroad, and they were able to proclaim the gospel despite that persecution. See, there was new territories and new areas that God desired for them, and he, he accomplished, that, accomplished that, yes, even through persecution. There was opposition Think of your story. Think of your story and how you came to know the Lord and, and your, maybe your early days of, of, of Christ and coming to know the Lord and experience the change in your life and how perhaps those that were close to you uh, didn't understand it, didn't understand the new you. They just knew the old you. The old you that was crazy, that perhaps was a, was a, was a liar or was a thief or was a cheat or would steal or would do all these things. They knew that old you. And now there's the new you in Christ, right? And, and, and it takes some time for people to get used to it. Like, is that, is that really you? Perhaps there was opposition even there as you experienced the change that Christ had brought in your life. Some were happy for you. Perhaps others uh, didn't understand this new relationship and, and, and the new decision that you made for Christ and how it changed your life. See, in his leading, in God's leading, sometimes he, he gives things and brings us into places in our lives where he just, he, 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 he gives us an open door and he grants us a way to just get in with no opposition at all. Thank you, Juan. Check, praise God. With no opposition at all, we think of salvation. We can receive salvation because why? Because of the price that Jesus paid for our life. But most of the times, Many times, the new territories that he wants us to enter in is going to come with a fight. There's going to have to be a price that we pay. There's going to have to be some blood, sweat, and tears to inherit and to seize the things that he has for us. And this was a case for Joshua and God's people as we see here in Joshua chapter 10. Now, we're going to read there in verse 8, but just let me give you a a little bit of background as I set the story up. Uh, there was Joshua. He was conquering. He was uh, there fighting to, to inherit the promised land that God uh, had for them. And there was a king uh, of Jerusalem, and his name was Adonai Zedek. And, and this king heard about Joshua and all the things that he was doing. And this king also heard that there was this, this city, this place called Gibeon, that, that made peace with Joshua. And he didn't like that. So what this king of Jerusalem did, he gathered four other kings and they banded together and they, they were about to attack and lay siege to the city of Gibeon. But the people of Gibeon heard about it and they reached out to Joshua and they told Joshua, don't forget us. Help us, save us. You know, they're coming to attack us. Save us. So they reached out to Joshua and that is where our story begins in Joshua chapter 10 verse 8. Now here's what the Lord said. It says, Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua, for I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. 
Now Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and then the Israelites slaughtered, slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all the way to Azekah and Makedah. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord, listen to this, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, now listen to this. This is what Joshua said. Let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Agilon. So the sun so the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. And this event, is this event not recorded in the book of Jashar? The sun stayed in the middle of the sky and did not set as, a norm, as on a normal day. There has never been a day like this, one before or since. Then the Lord answered, uh, when the Lord answered such a prayer, surely the Lord fought for Israel that day. Then Joshua and the Israelite army returned to their camp at Gilgal. Praise God. This morning, I want to minister a message entitled, Then the Sun Stood Still. Let's bow our heads as we pray. Father, we're so grateful this morning, my God, for all that you have done in our lives, Father God. And we thank you, Lord, from, uh, for where you've brought us from. But Lord, we know, my God, that you're not done with us, Father God, that your work is not yet done. And that is why there's still breath in our lungs, Father God, because we have more time to do your work, Father. And I pray that you would help us to redeem the time. That you, Father God, would help us to never forget, Father, why we are placed on this earth, my God, to, to conquer new territories for you, to, to reach new areas for you, Father God, so that your gospel will continue to go out, Father God. I pray that this year, Lord, would be a year like no other, that you would help us to understand the fight that lays ahead of us, Father God, that we would not fret, that we would not fear. Father God, I pray for your people, for anyone that's battle-weary this morning, God, for strength, God, that you would endue them with power, my God, that they would continue to fight, Father. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. We all say, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Then the sun stood still, and it stayed in the middle of the sky. Such a miracle here with Joshua and the people of, of, of Israel. And we're going to look at a few things as we talk about this passage this morning. Now, the first thing we have to understand when it comes to being entrusted with what God's given us, we're going to have to fight for the territory that God wants to give us. You know, this, I believe this first starts in, our, in the area of our relationship with Christ. And that should constantly be growing in our lives. We could talk so much about the outward, and there's a place for that, the things that God wants to do uh, in our lives and take us places physically and do things physically in our lives but so should the, the intimacy area of our lives be with our, with our Lord, the relationship. Fighting to get closer to him each and every day, fighting to know him more, studying to learn about him, studying to know him more, who he is and who he is to us. Each and every day we should be growing in this area of our lives. I believe that's the start. We want new areas and levels of anointing. There's going to have to be some sacrifice that's going to take place. We're going to have to fight for this territory that, that God has given us and that God wants to give us. See, this is how God has designed it. 
He's able to snap his fingers and, and bless us with things, and he does that. He's able to, to, to open the doors uh, you know, that, that he wants with, with no opposition. He's able to do that. But sometimes there's a spiritual fight that's going to have to take place for us to enter into that territory that he's called us. There's going to have to be some sacrifice, some warfare. It's part of the equation in our lives. See, we have to understand that this is a fight, and if we're going to enter our territory that God's called us to, that there's going to be a fight. When you think about the fight, the Christian fight, the, the battle that we're all in, there's a few things about it as I, as I was uh, reading uh, into a commentary on this. First of all, the life of a Christian is a fight, but especially of a minister is warfare and it's a race. It's sometimes compared to one in the scripture and sometimes to the other. Secondly, the fight that we're in, it's a good fight. Can you say amen? This is a good fight. You know why it's a good fight? Because at the end, we win. Can you say amen? There's no question about it. In the end, because of Jesus, we're, we're going to win. See, it's a good fight. It's a good warfare. How many like a good fight? It's a good fight. The victory is sure because of Jesus Christ. If we continue and if we stand fast and hold faithful to all he's called us to, we are going to win. It's a good fight. We have to continue faithful and courageous. Thirdly, we, we must fight this good fight. We must fight it out. We must finish the course. We must not give over till we are made more than conquerors through him who has loved us. It's going to take you and I finishing. It's great to enter. It's great to enlist. It's great to start this fight. That, that, that's the beginning. That's a great day. But brother and sister, it's, it's going to be a greater day when you can say that I finished the race that I'm crossing the finish line in Jesus' name, and that I'm finishing everything that he's given me to do, that I'm finished with this race. That is going to be a better day than the beginning. Fourthly, it's a great comfort to a dying saint that when they can look back on their life and say, as with the apostle Paul, I have fought a good fight. I've kept the faith, the doctrine of faith, and the grace of faith. See, that's what we want to say on our last days. We want to be able to look back and say, I fought a good fight. Man, I finished the race. That's, that is what we should all achieve for. We should, we, should, we should seek after. If we think about that and that we have that in our mindset, each and every day we'll, we'll be able to understand that we have been given this day as a gift for us to accomplish what God's called us to do today. You and I are never going to get today back. Today is it. We have a chance to worship God and praise God. Here you are, rain or shine, here we are, right? Man, what a blessing. We're still in this fight. We're still pressing forward. It hasn't been easy, and it's not easy sometimes, but it's a good fight. It's a great comfort for us to be able to say that in our last days, that I fought a good fight. What do you want to believe God for this year? We have to get specific. Perhaps you want new things to transpire in, in relationships that you're involved in, in your marriage, perhaps. Perhaps in ministry, perhaps at your job, you're believing God for some new things. What new ground do you want to take? Because it's easy for us to just stay, you know, just to say that, hey, whatever happens, happens, and, and here I am. But, but we should be very intentional in our life because we're given only one chance in this life. So what new ground do you want to take? 
Maybe last year you had some struggles and situations, but this year you've decided and declared in your heart that I'm going to overcome those things that I was going through last year in Jesus' name. I'm going to overcome those things in Jesus' name. We have to understand that it's going to be a fight. There's going to be opposition. See, Israel had to do this, and so did we. Their inheritance was sure. It was God-given. God gave it to them. It was called the promised land. It was theirs. They were, they were promised this thing, but they had to go out and fight for it. Brother and sister, what are you believing God for with this 21 days of fasting and prayer that we're currently in? What are you sacrificing for? And I know it's great. Think about the salvation of your family. Praise God, your family that, that, that is saved and here serving God. But, but I know we have family that's yet to, to walk through those doors. Can you say amen? I know you have children that, that you're still believing God to, to, to bring back. You're still believing. Keep believing. God desires to do so much more in our families how about your ministry that God's called you to? New accomplishments, new areas, the lives that he wants to see changed. We're going to have to pray for those things. We're going to have to fast for those things. We're going to have to sacrifice for those things. See, in our scripture there in 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. He also says this in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Paul understood this, that there is a great and effective door opened for him. There's a great opportunity. And yes, he was, he was going to be able to walk through, but understand, he had to understand that in the equation, the Scripture said there are many adversaries. You're believing for God for new things there at, at your workplace, at your job, in your family. You're believing God for some great things. Understand there's going to be great opposition, but yet it's still promised to you. It's still promised to you and I, but there's going to be opposition. We have to understand there's going to be a fight that we're going to have to involve ourselves in. You know, I think, I think years back, the, the first time that I, I actually stepped into to ministry, it was a desire from early on. You know, I got saved and as a teenager, and God was doing great things in my life and, and changing me, and just, it, it, it was the best. And I remember I had a desire to get into ministry, get into ushering, into the drama team, and into to the different ministries in, in my church there. And I remember the first day, the first day I said yes, there was an opportunity for me, and I stepped, I stepped into it. I tell you what, that day, I had got sick like, like I cannot remember another day that I've been that sick. I got sick. I got hit. And I believe that it's, it's, it's no coincidence as we take a step into ministry or we take a step into doing something God wants us to do, there's going to be opposition. But it's okay. Let it come. You have to say, let it come. It's all right. I'm doing what God wants me to do. If there's opposition, it's okay. I have the victory. Boy, do I remember that day. Never forget it. See, the devil doesn't like when you're stepping into new areas that God's called you. Perhaps it's a step of forgiveness. Making a decision to forgive a hurt that you experienced maybe years ago. The devil's going to oppose that. He's going to try to convince you that there's every reason under the sun why that person doesn't deserve your forgiveness. Why you shouldn't forgive. They don't deserve it. 
They hurt you too much. They said this about you. They did this to you. The devil doesn't want us to forgive. Matthew eleven twelve. 12, the Bible says, And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and violent people are attacking it. There's an opposition. I was talking to a brother this morning, and uh, he was just telling me, and it's right in line with what we're talking about this morning, that it was, just, it was extra tough for him to, to come today. I mean, he could just feel the enemy at it. He said, out of my ankles, just trying to hold me back. You know what? He showed up. He showed up. And here he is today, you know, one step closer. God's doing great things in his life. God has begun a good work, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take that resolve. There's, there's a million reasons not to do something that God wants to do. But when God has called you to do it, we have to do it, and there's blessing there. It's a fight. And while we fight, we have to understand that he goes before us. Can you say amen? God goes before you. In Jesus' name, Joshua chapter 10, verse 9, Joshua traveled all night from Gilgal and took the Amorite armies by surprise. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. Then the Israelites chased the enemy along the road to Beth Horon, killing them all the way to Azekah and Makedah. As the Amorites retreated down the road, from Beth Horon, listen, the Lord destroyed them with the terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. Now listen to this. The hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. The Lord went before them. That's what that shows us, believer, brother and sister, that you're involved in the fight and you're doing what God's called you to do. You're doing all that God's called you to do. But those areas of your life that, that, that are out of your control, God is dealing with those situations. See, there are things out of our control. We're, in, we're involved in a fight here, and we're doing what God's called us to do, but there are areas, there are things that, that we have no power over. It's okay. God has power over those things. There are places maybe today that you haven't reached into, but it's okay. that The, the Bible says that, that the Lord goes before you, that he is fighting on your behalf. We just have to stay in the fight. What if, what if Israel retreated at this time? See, they were involved in the fight. And so, God was able to fight on their behalf. See, the Lord fights for you. He fights for you and I. You're in the fight, but you're not alone. He's fighting for you and I. His Holy Spirit is working things out in your life that, that you and I have no idea He's helping your family. He's, he's watching over those things that are important to you. He, he's going before you. He's protect. He's your rear guard. He's your shield. In all areas, he's protecting you and I. We just have to stay in the fight. But understand that you're not alone this morning, that he's with you. We have victory in Jesus. Can you say amen? You have victory. The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. Amen. You have to believe that about yourself, that in Christ you're more than a conqueror, that, 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 that you're the head, not the tail, that you're above, not beneath. Can you say amen? In Jesus Christ, we are victorious. 
Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news this morning. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Nothing. Nothing we do for the Lord is ever useless. He gives you victory over sin and death through Christ Jesus. So what are you struggling with this morning? What's that hang-up? What's that thing that you feel that, that always holds you back? Let this year be that thing, the time that thing breaks. In Jesus' name, we just have to keep pressing forward. Keep showing up. Show up. Just show up to the battle. Do we remember what happened when David showed up to the battle when there was a stalemate with, with the Philistines and the people of Israel? Goliath was coming out and he was taunting the people of Israel. All David did is he showed up and he was willing to be used of God. And what happened? The rest is history, right? He made a stand and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he will defile the armies of God? See, sometimes just showing up is the hardest thing. Right, just walking through those doors is sometimes the hardest thing to do. But you got to do it. We got to do it. You know, we take a day at a time. But you step through those doors. And there may be many reasons why I have to do this. I don't feel like they did this to me. Someone did this. Someone said this. I'm feeling like there's all these reasons. But if you show up, God will show up. Can you say Amen. Amen. I think back of, um, there's a, and I don't know if they have it still going on, but there was a, a TV show back when called The Ultimate Fighter. And it was a, it was a series where these uh, mix, uh, these MMA fighters, they, they would have a, a group of guys, and, and the beginning of, this, of the season, there would be a whole bunch of them, and each week they would, they would contend, and they would, they would go at it with each other. And over the span of time and over the span of this TV show that, that guys would be, would be taken off, right? They, 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 they'd get knocked out, and, and they were done. And then at the very end of the season, the end of that season, and it was a 2005 season, I remember it today because it was one of the greatest fights that, that I've ever seen, one of the greatest MMA fights that I've ever seen. And then these two champions, these two last guys standing we're going to go head to head. And you might remember this. It was, a, it was a fight between Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. And Stefan Bonner, who, uh, rest in peace, just recently passed away. But I, I remember this fight. And it was memorable because, and here, here's what it was. I mean, and we've all seen this, right? You've seen a fight where, where it's one-sided. And how many know, or any sports event or whatever it is, when, when, when it's one-sided, it's not the most exciting. You know what's going to happen, right? It's predictable. But when you see a fight and each person, each team was given 110%, and that's what happened on this fight. It was on April 9th, 2005. And it was memorable because each of these guys gave 110% each and every round. I mean, people had their favorites, but you could not argue the fact that each one gave their 110%. And the way this show was, was orchestrated was the, the winner at the end of that fight would be awarded different things, but they would be awarded a, a, a UFC contract. But this fight was so amazing that the UFC gave both of these guys a contract. Why? Because they put up 
a good fight. Although by decision Forrest Griffin won, this, this man, Stephen Bonner, was able to hold his head up high because he gave 110%. Everyone was up in arms. Everyone was, was, was not sitting down, and, and they just enjoyed this fight. Why? Because they gave 110%. No matter where you are, you have to find that fight inside of you, brother and sister. You may feel defeated sometimes. You may feel like a failure sometimes. Whatever it is, we have to find that fight inside of us that gets us up, that gets us through these doors, that helps us to fight one more day. And there may be some of you this morning that it's a miracle that, that you're here this morning. You weren't going to come for whatever reason. You faced this. You were going through this. Maybe internally there was turmoil or spiritually there was, there was turmoil, but you made a decision to come out this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what it's going to take, brother and sister. You showing up. Just show up. Just show up to church. Just constantly show up. Things are bound to change. If you show up to church, if you walk through these doors, things are bound to change in your life, in your situation, in your family, at your, at your workplace, whatever it may be. As long as you show up in Jesus' name, things are bound to change. Can you say amen? You got to show up. We have to constantly show up. Amen. Psalms 119, verse 133, the Bible says, Order my steps in your word, and let not, let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You have to understand that God is ordering your steps, that God is leading you. If you continue to follow him in his word, he will lead you into the promised land. We look back here when Moses had words for Joshua, Joshua who was going to now become the new leader of Israel. Moses told him this in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 31, verse 7. Listen to what Moses tells him. Then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Look in verse 8. Do not be afraid. Or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Amen. That's good news this morning. Can you imagine what Joshua was feeling? Maybe physically what he was feeling is as he was now entrusted with leading the people of God into the promised land. See, he had Moses that, that, that was ahead of him. And imagine trying to fill Moses' shoes. Moses, who walked and talked with God Almighty. Moses, who was on Mount Sinai and was given the Ten Commandments. Moses, who led the children of Israel out of cap captivity, out of Egypt. Imagine trying to fill those shoes, my goodness. And here was Joshua. Imagine what he was feeling. And I believe that's why this word came to him. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. Maybe Joshua was feeling a little bit afraid for this new task that was given to him. Imagine, you're the one that's entrusted with an entire nation to lead them, to inherit all that God's given them, to lead them into battle. Imagine. But God knew. And God told him, don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will go personally ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. 
And if I could just speak on this for a moment, if there's things that God has, has deposited in your heart, and last year you didn't move on those things because, because you were afraid, let this year be the year that you take that step. And you know what I'm talking about. Things that God has challenged you to do. It's not, man, it's not given by man, but it's given by the Lord. And perhaps because of, of situations or because of fear, anticipation or whatever it is, you haven't done it. See, brother and sister, we can't get 2022 back. It's gone. It's in the books. But you have a new year, and let this be a year like no other, where you were perhaps on, uh, teetering on the edge, and, and you were going to make that godly decision. But you didn't do it because of fear. What are they going to say? What's going to happen? We don't know. It's not for us to know, brother and sister. But if you know what God's called you to do, take that step. He goes before you. He's there to meet you. He's already working the future out on your behalf. He's already working it out. See, we don't have control over that, but we have control over making a decision that God wants us to make. Perhaps it's a new step in, into ministry, or it's a, it's a, it's a new step into to getting back here into the house of God and doing what God's called you to do. Perhaps it's a new step at your job where God's calling you and been challenging you to take a new step. Perhaps it's that. Don't let it be fear that keeps you back because God is on your side. Man, God is on your side, brother and sister. There's victory for you. You just have to take that step. You just have to take that leap of faith. You got to do it. Let this year be the year that you do it. Thank you, Jesus. And lastly here, the time for battle, Joshua chapter 10, verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Agilon. So the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. See, God sets a time for you and I to fight believers. Now put yourself in the shoes of, of, of a soldier in the army here of Israel. And it says here that, that Joshua prayed in front of all the people of Israel. Now imagine, imagine perhaps how tired they felt, how weary they felt in that battle. And here was Joshua praying, Lord, let the sun stand still. They were probably hoping to finish that day so that they, they, they can go home and rest, right? They can go back to camp. The war was raging on, and here was Joshua praying this supernatural prayer. God, let time stand still so that we can continue to fight. Perhaps you're in this place, and you've been fighting, and it seems that time has stood still, and you're getting tired, you're getting weary from battling. Well, church, I tell you tonight, uh, this morning, that now is not the time to give up. Just as these soldiers, as these warriors were fighting here in this time, that we have to continue to fight. Now is not the time to give up. Seems like the battle's never going to end. I bet you it felt like that for the soldiers that were fighting in this war because time stood still. Seems like the battle's never going to end. Seems as time stood still, and you're fighting day in and day out. Don't lose that fight, brother or sister. Don't lose that fight. We must persevere. In James chapter 1, verse 2, the Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. 
So let it grow, and when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. See, church, God desires that we would constantly grow, that our faith would grow. And how does that come? It comes through tests. It comes through the tests of life, the trials of life, the things that we go through. So next time you experience a hardship, you're able to smile. It doesn't feel good, but you're able to understand and know that God's working something great in my life. There's a purpose. There's a plan for this thing that I'm going through. Nothing is useless in the kingdom of God. God uses everything that we go through. We have to persevere. We remember when Jesus was tempted 40 days in the book of Luke chapter 4. He was tempted by the enemy for 40 days. It says he ate nothing. He became very hungry. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. See, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was in trials and tests. In Psalms 144 verse 1, it says, praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. God will teach you. God will train you. We have to stay in our word. We have to stay in prayer. We have to stay in church. We have to continue to share the good news of the gospel to those that are close to us, to those around us. As we do these things, brother and sister, God will teach, teach us what the next step is. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And the Bible says that he teaches you in all things. That he will remind you of the things that the Lord taught. He will remind you of the Lord's words. So you're not alone. We're not alone. Understand that it's a fight. But God has given us all the tools that we need to be victorious. As a worship team makes their way up. I think of this scripture in 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 10. About this battle as the man of God was fighting against the Philistines. And it says this, it says, He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. See, let us never relinqu relinquish our enemy, re relinquish the word of God, our, our, our tool. Our sword, we have to hold on to it. And perhaps this morning, you're in a battle. And God knows what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows what you're facing and what you're experiencing this morning. God's promised you victory, brother and sister. You just have to stand. You can't give up. You can't give in. See, God plans for us to advance in his kingdom this year with new ground ahead of us. And while he calls for us to battle, we have to understand that he gives us victory. That victory is ours in Christ Jesus. But nevertheless, there's going to be a fight. God wants to give us new ground, new territory, just as he did with the children of Israel. But although it was promised to them, although it was their inheritance, they had to fight for it. You want to see salvation for your loved ones, for your family? You're going to have to fight for it. You have to get down on your knees and you're going to have to fight in prayer. You're going to have to continue to fight in love and constantly love them. You're going to have to fight in forgiveness 
and have a heart that constantly forgives. You're going to have to fight in fasting and in prayer. You're going to have to fight by standing where God has called you to stand, at your post, to be the leader of your home. When possibly you're tempted to, to just forsake that responsibility because things are getting too hard, you just want to leave and you want to go without looking back. But God's calling you to stand. Perhaps ministry is getting tough and difficult and the sacrifice you've been making is getting tough. God's calling you to stand, to stay on the battlefield because, believer, the battlefield is the best place we could ever be. It's not the easiest place but it's the best place that we could ever be. Because in that, there's victory. There's new areas of, of growth in our lives, new areas of anointing, new areas of strength, new areas of relationship with our Lord and Savior. It's on the battlefield. So this year, 2023, stay on the battlefield. If you've stepped off of it for whatever reason, get back in it. God's graceful. God's ready to receive you back with no judgment, just to receive you back. He's happy. He's, he's joyous when you come back to him, as we saw in the story of the prodigal son. Take that step. And lastly, don't let fear be the reason why you don't take that step. If God has called you to it, he's going to provide for it. Can you say amen? If God's called you to do that thing, whatever God's called you to do, and you know what I'm talking about, you take that step, and God is going to be there for you. Don't worry about all the details, how it's going to work out, what's going to happen. Don't worry about that. That's God's business. That's God's kingdom. All he calls you and I to do is to say yes. All right, Lord, I'm going to take that first step. And you know what the first step is? And the rest, for all glory for Jesus, what happened is he's planned it. Thank you, Jesus. You received that this morning, brother and sister? Thank you, Jesus. Let's give God praise in this place. Father, we're grateful, God. We thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done, God. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do, Lord God. We thank you for your word this morning. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads this morning as we pray.